Welcome to the First Rate Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewalt, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration of America. And today we are blessed to have with us first-time guest, Frank Gaffney. Frank is an expert in foreign policy and recently co-authored a book, The Indictment, exploring the dangers of communism in our culture and the constant threat to our nation. Well, Frank, you know, thank you for joining the show today, and uh, you have a, a very impressive background. Can you give us just a couple of highlights before we get started? Um, sure. I had the privilege of working for uh, top Democratic and Republican senators in the earliest phase of this uh, career of mine, uh, Senator Scoop Jackson of Washington State, a um, great Democrat, uh, very solid on national security matters in which I worked for him. And then for John Tower, the chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee, I worked for him as a professional staff member there and then migrated over to the Pentagon and worked for four and a half years for Ronald Reagan and Cap Weinberger, um, acting in the end as uh, an assistant secretary of defense. It's been pretty much downhill from there, but I found it and have been running uh, for the past 35 years um, with friends and colleagues of mine, a wonderful organization we call the Center for Security Policy, which uh, has as its kind of raison d'etre um, not only doing terrific research and analysis and policy recommendations and so on, but also um, fostering collaborations with others. The, arguably the most important of which, certainly one of them, has been um, something we call the Committee on the Present Danger China. Uh, and it's a sort of a throwback to something that was very important in the 1970s in helping the man who came to be my boss, uh, Ronald Reagan, devise a strategy for defeating the existential threat to freedom of his time. That would be the Soviet Union. I had a small role in that and uh, I'm very proud of it and have sought ever since to really try to help defeat enemies of our country, including one that makes the old Soviet threat pale by comparison, the Chinese Communist Party. Um, well, put them, as Ronald Reagan said, on the ash heap of history where they belong. That's the purpose of our committee on the present danger of China. And um, we've come up with a book that tries to distill some really important insights into the threat we face and what we need to do about it in our new book, which we call The Indictment. I'm delighted to have a chance to talk with you and your audience about it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a scary book. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, and we have a lot of ground to cover, so I'm, I'm glad uh, you're on the show to do that. So my first question for you is, you know, based on all your background and, you know, you've been sounding the alarm on China for a long period of time, but we seem that, to see that the global boogeyman for right now is, is Russia, and uh, at least from the Western world perspective. And, you know, on the surface, it would seem that maybe the Democrats have kind of overplayed their hand and pushed uh, Russia as being the, this boogeyman to get Trump out of office, to keep him out of office. But it, it would appear then that we, would, we have let China off the hook. What are your thoughts on that? Well, there's a lot to say on the subject. Thank you for the question. Uh, this book is basically about what uh, the Chinese Communist Party calls its unrestricted warfare against our country. Uh, it's a comprehensive strategy for taking us down before they have the power to do so militarily. Arguably, the single most important part of that multifaceted attack is what they call elite capture. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason that you've been hearing a lot about Russia from American elites, particularly on the left, is 
that they are working for the Chinese Communist Party. It serves the Chinese Communist Party or CCP's interests to have us focus on somebody else rather than them. It happens that the Chinese are aligned with the Russians. They have announced a no limits partnership. It was reaffirmed recently by Xi Jinping, the dictator of China, going to Moscow for the purpose of essentially laying out that uh, he envisions with his friend Vladimir Putin, well, creating a new world order, something that's never happened before, and the two of them were going to be instrumental in bringing it about. So any effort to deflect our attention to Russia, it's a problem. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It's certainly a problem in Ukraine, and it's been a threat to us for decades. I believe they've sort of uh, had a Chapter 11 reorganization when the Soviet Union fell, but uh, but they're very much the junior partner, and it's a terrible mistake, a strategic mistake of the first order, but one very much in the interest of China to have us look over there, folks, instead of looking at the threat that is very much at our throats at the moment, namely the CCP. Yeah. So, so a couple of questions on that. So, why you you talk about elite capture? What? Why would? Why would the elites in our country be captured by China? What is in it for them? And, and, why, and that's obviously working against our country, but what's in it for them? Well, uh, as a colleague of mine by the name of Trevor Loudon, who's done some extraordinarily important work investigating the extent of this elite capture points out, it's cheaper by far to suborn the leadership of your enemy and mm. to use it against that enemy, um, rather than have to fight them. So I think it's just a practical matter, but it's also consistent with the kind of stratagems that the Chinese going back thousands of years have used. Uh, Sun Tzu, the famous Chinese strategist, uh, said it's better to win without fighting. And if you can capture your enemy, uh, that again is uh, a win far more mm -hmm. uh, significant than if you have to fight and defeat them. So all of that is in play here. And I think whether it's the economics of it or whether it's just the sensible stratagem and strategy, uh, it has proven to be incredibly effective. And really almost two thirds of this book is documenting how in case after case, economic warfare, political warfare, influence operations, you know, uh, subversion, uh, elite capture, biological warfare, taking down our military with, again, the help of their friends, their friends, the elites yeah. in this country has been extraordinarily successful. Well, one, one of the things that really stood out in your book, you hit it really early on, is you talk about that China has been at war with the United States and they have been since the 50s, since Mao's, uh, the, the, the communist revolution. And they're not even hiding it. It's not a secret. And yet we're, we're dealing with them constantly and we're trying to partner with them and kind of say, hey, if, if we're nice to you guys and show you the Western ways of life, you're going you're gonna to come to our side and understand we're all going to live in peace. But you're very clear that's not what they're after at all. Yeah. No, the, what they're after is world hegemony. They intend to control the world. We are the only real impediment to them achieving that. Therefore, we have to be eliminated. 
they have a saying, uh, there's only room in the heavens for one sun. And they have in mind that being the Chinese Communist Party's China. And to take us out, yes, I think it goes back at least to the revolution, arguably before they successfully took over China. Getting rid of the United States, defeating it, defeating freedom, which we, of course, have defended and exemplify, is uh, is an absolutely object fixation of theirs. And they've, to your point about, they've actually made it perfectly known. They published a book in 1999 by two senior People's Liberation Army colonels entitled Unrestricted Warfare. You don't get a book published, at least anything of consequence like this one, without the express permission of the Chinese Communist Party. And it lays out, I think, over two dozen different ways in which China could wage war against the United States, unrestricted warfare, without firing a shot. Right. And they said, quite contemptuously, frankly, that the United States wouldn't even understand that that was going on because we think of war as only involving, you know, battles and weapons and so on. Right. And they've successfully, as I say, perpetrated it. In fact, nine, uh, eight of the nine charges that we have in this indictment reflect those various uh, lines of attack. But the other piece of this, which is hugely important, is if you didn't get the memo in 1999, <laughs> 20 years later, in 2019, not in some secret document that we ferreted out, in the pages of People's Daily, the preeminent propaganda outlet of the Chinese Communist Party, they declared a, quote, people's war against the United States. This is in intelligence parlance what they call a clue. Yeah, so to, so to kind of summarize this, right, China's been at war with us forever. Right? They, they're not hiding it. Um, and and instead of what you would call kinetic warfare, where there's shots fired, things like that, they're engaging in a type of warfare that undermines our system from the inside. Uh, and one of the top ways of doing this is elite capture. Now, when you right. talk about elites, who are these elites that are captured in our country by the CCP? Let me just make one clarification, if I could. Yeah. You said we've been at war with China. I don't think we've been at war with China. In fact, China was an ally of ours in World War II. Okay. The people of China have been even more horrifically treated by the Chinese Communist Party than we have to date. And that's saying something. Mm -hmm. The first charge in this indictment is crimes against humanity. They have killed 100 million people, Chinese and those that they've enslaved, the Tibetans, the mm -hmm. Uyghurs, Southern Mongolians, now uh, Hong Kong. That's not counting 400, by some estimates, 500 million others. They've killed as babies in the womb with their population control practices. Mm -hmm. those, those are things that I think join us with the people of China because the Chinese Communist Party mm -hmm. would like to do the same to us or worse. But they're on our side, I believe. They don't want to live under this party any more than we want them to either, let alone want to live under it ourselves. So let me just clarify that. I think our beef is with the CCP, 
not with the people of China. But to your question, the elites in America that have been captured by the Chinese Communist Party over the years include all of them. Uh, The worst, perhaps, is the financial sector, which has migrated, by some estimates, three to six trillion dollars from our capital markets to the Chinese Communist Party, which is underwriting all the rest of the bad stuff we've talked about. There's the business sector more generally, its leaders, not all of them obviously, but many of them have been doing business with China, aspire to do more business with China, think they'll get rich doing business with China, or maybe at least they will get rich, if not their companies and their, you know, their, uh, their employees. Then there's academia, then there's the media, yeah. then there's Hollywood, and not least, there's the political elite. And of course, Joe Biden, president of the United States, the commander in chief of our military has been, I think increasingly it's evident to everybody, captured by the Chinese Communist Party. He's in many ways the poster child for this whole phenomenon of elite capture. And I can't imagine, frankly, having spent my entire life in the national security space, a more dangerous thing than having the guy who was supposed to be leading our defense working for the other team. Yeah, and Frank, you know, these are shocking claims, right? When you when you say that the president of the United States is captured, one of the elites that are captured by the CCP, and from now on we'll use the word CCP as opposed to China, um, that, that, is, that is a bold statement, and I know your book outlines that. And I would say what we're starting to see in the media is, is indications that support your claim. Well, unfortunately, it's simply a case of people tumbling to the evidence that's been available rather than discovering the evidence. Uh, For example, uh, we've just had the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, bringing forth evidence that has been in the Treasury Department's files for 10, maybe 15 years documenting the ways in which Joe Biden and his family have profited from dealings with, among others, the Chinese Communist Party, and the extraordinary lengths they went to with some 20 shell companies and all different kinds of bank accounts and laundering of money, maybe $10 million, maybe considerably more than that from the CCP. But that's only part of the story. The Hunter Biden laptop has been available to us for what, five or six years now. That doc, that uh, had all kinds of documentation in it about the nature of China's. And here's the really <laughs> outrageous part of all of this. I mean, it's not just the betrayal. It's the knowing betrayal of our country where Hunter Biden talks about the people that he was dealing with as leaders, in some cases, the top people in China's intelligence services. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how else to describe that, but treason. And the treason, unfortunately, is not confined to the Biden family. It's, I think, been evident in others as well. And they're on notice about it. Uh, they've all been served notice, including by us and our Committee on the Present Danger of China, and yet they persist in it. And the thing is that our indictment is suggesting that we have to hold them accountable. We have to prosecute them, the Chinese Communist Party and its friends in at least the court of public opinion. And we're so appreciative of your helping us do just that today. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, Americans seem to be going a little numb uh, in terms of corruption within politics. And, and you just laid out a couple of different things that have been happening uh, within Biden's family uh, that, that point to levels of corruption. But the outcome of that, the policies that were starting to be implemented in the United States are directly impacting China. One of the things that really stood out to me in your book is energy energy independence and the importance of that in something that we have had historically in this country, yet we are now pulling back, pulling this away so that we're, we're dependent on other countries for energy. And especially China, what people don't realize is this whole movement to green energy. Every time you buy an electric vehicle, you install a solar panel, a, wind, a windmill, wind turbine, whatever it might be, all of those require all, almost all those components are coming from China. And so we're now becoming extremely energy dependent on China. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, let, let me make a larger point if I can. I, I personally have come to the conclusion, having watched Joe Biden, well, for decades, uh, going back to his time in the Senate, but as vice president, now as president, and have come to the conclusion that particularly in his present incarnation, Every single policy he is pursuing, without exception, every single policy he is pursuing is harmful to the United States and beneficial to the Chinese Communist Party, domestic policies as well as foreign policies. And the one about energy is just a case in point. What we're looking at is the takedown of our energy sector. You're going, as you know, from Donald Trump's efforts to make us not only energy independent, but energy dominant, right. certainly secure with the vast quantities of uh, fossil fuel derived energy that we have. Joe Biden, from day one, has sought to render that impossible to make us not only not dominant, but not even independent and now actually dependent upon some countries that are very hostile to this one. And in the process to put especially us on a new supply chain dependency to China, yeah. for heaven's sakes, for you know all of those batteries and windmills and solar panels and so on. This is not just an accident. This is not just stupid. This is not just, well, even malfeasant. This is treasonous. Absolutely. And, and it, it goes farther. Your book actually takes it another step farther. Talk about how the woke policies that we're seeing implemented across our country actually benefits China. Well, again, this is a case where China's friends have been very actively engaged in trying to adopt here uh, what is euphemistically called a woke agenda. Properly understood, it's actually just Marxism, right. or if you will, cultural Marxism of the kind propounded by Mao Zedong. It's designed to divide, undermine, and conquer mm -hmm. adversaries of the Chinese Communist Party. And by the way, most of those uh, enemies, and I'm talking not just about the captured elites, I'm talking about the social democrats and the you know, Communist Party of the United States and all kinds of other leftist organizations that 
you know, may or may not be exactly transparent about the fact that they're fundamentally Marxists, but they are. And those are guys who are doing exactly what the Chinese want us to do, which is to turn against one another over false assertions of systemic racism, for example. Uh, they, they don't so much use class warfare, as Mao did in his society, as race in ours. But it's to the same end. And to the extent that they have turned us against one another, they've caused us to be distrustful one another, then they've, with, among other things, their biological warfare attack, suppressed our freedoms. They've done incalculable harm to the the Constitution, as well as the society of the United States. And it's having the desired effect from their point of view. Yeah, absolutely. So you see it, uh, the attack on our kids, right? This this woke culture, indoctrination in our kids, thinking that, you know, they're inherently racist or they can change their own gender. And all it's doing is creating division, fighting. And then you could see that even it spells in the corporations. But I think more importantly, because you talk about the military, I mean, this is pouring into our military, making our military weaker, not stronger. And that, again, benefits China. You bet it does. And it's one of the charges in this book is weakening the United States military. Again, the leading edge of that domestically has been the Obama administration. Well, I, I think we're in the third term of the Obama-Biden administration, to be honest with you. But starting back in the first two uh, and certainly continuing with a vengeance in the present one, we have seen the United States military fundamentally transformed, as Barack Obama promised would be our country back when he was just about to be elected the first time. This is happening to the most important institution to the survival of our country, and one that has most historically been aligned with and exemplary of the values of our people and our constitution and our country. And uh, getting that all muddled up or worse yet, eviscerated, which I think is pretty much what the Biden team has done. And if they, in fact, nominate a fellow by the name of Charles C.Q. Brown, an Air Force general officer who has really distinguished himself, if I can use that term, by his wokeism in the past few years, as the next chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, we're going to have the kind of problem we had with Mark Milley on steroids. It's uh, Mark Milley 2.0 and then some. And I just think we can't afford that. I hope that we will have perhaps drawing, please God, on this book, a proper fight in the Senate Armed Services Committee over any such nomination, because we cannot sustain terrible leadership further in mm -hmm. the military, the only army we have, as they say, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, and so on. Absolutely. No, and, and Frank, I know, um, you know, we've touched on a couple of these in, indictments, but there's a total of nine. Um, you know, I, I would encourage people to check out the book because you're going to see a lot more than what we just talked about just now. But what I want to do now, Frank, is kind of shift gears like we, we know it's bad. And if you don't think it's bad, read the book. Uh, what can we do to reverse this? Is it too late? It is late. My prayer to God is that it is not too late. And when I say that, I don't use that as a offhand expression. I mean, I pray to God Absolutely. every day that he has not given up on this country. We've given him plenty of reason to do so, frankly, but I pray he has not. And that if he has not 
all things are possible. Uh, we might be able to crawl back from this without him, but I don't think so. And I certainly think it's preferable uh, to do it with his help. To your point, we have 20 different initiatives identified in the book, briefly described, but they draw on the content of the indictment to make the case that these are the sorts of things that have to be addressed. Arguably, again, the most important of which, beyond just understanding where we are, the nature of the enemy, the threat that they pose to us, where they will take us if they succeed, the most important single thing we have to do is we must remove from positions of power and influence captured elites in our country. We need to force resignations. We need, where appropriate, impeach. And we need, not least, to prosecute those who have betrayed their country and are continuing to do so most especially. Think about this. Those financial mavens, uh, for example, there's a guy by the name of Ray Dalio, who's made billions of dollars selling us out to the Chinese Communist Party by moving our money there. He's just recently come back from China. And do you know what he said? He said he thinks there's going to be a shooting war with the United States and China. I asked a friend of mine who used to be a big deal on Wall Street, uh, interestingly, uh, did he tell his clients to get their money out of China, the money he's been putting there? The answer was no, which suggests to me that these guys really don't give a fig about us, uh, their clients, their customers, uh, or our money. They're in it for themselves. Those most especially have to be removed. Uh, and I think properly prosecuted because they have betrayed our country. No, I, I, I think you're right. What, what I like what you said first is first and foremost, we got to turn back to God because there it, it is late and, and we, we need to do that, that first and foremost because God can do anything and uh, we, we need a miracle at this point. Because to your, your next point then is we've got to get these people out of office uh, and we got to elect people that will actually come in and hold hold our politicians accountable, these elite for what they have done to our country. And that that is so important. I, and I, again, I know you list a, a lot of different things that we can do, but I like how you, you centered in on those two. Um, Frank, look, I think this this book is a must read uh, for people that really want to understand what is going on in this country right now. What can our audience do to support your work, to learn more about it? How do they get the book? Well, thank you for that. Um, we would welcome the support of the American people. I, I, I've got to tell you, I'm incredibly heartened by the fact that this book, which came out very recently, yeah. is uh, a number one bestseller on Amazon in three or four different categories at the moment. That suggests to me that you're right. Uh, Jerry, we're we're responding to a demand among the American people to try to actually make sense of the kind of information that they're sort of somewhat aware of. Connect the dots, in other words. Um, one way to get the book, of course, is uh, at Amazon. Uh, I'm a little unhappy that they seem to be suppressing comments about the book. I hope that'll pass, but uh, we could use their help buying it and putting in those comments. Um, our organization, the Center for Security Policy, makes all of this possible. And uh, it's a 501c3. That means your contributions are tax deductible. We would welcome them at securefreedom.org. Um, 
I have a web a television program, uh, Securing America, which also runs as an audio radio program on the American Family Radio Network, the TV shows on The Real America's Voice. You can follow all of it at securingamerica.tv. And um, I guess the thing that I would ask of everybody most especially is please, if possible, get the book and pass it on, but either way, get the information that's in it and pass that on to the people who you have elected to represent you or the people who seek to represent you in the future in this next uh, presidential contest, for example. We need their help offering the American people a choice. I mentioned my old boss, Ronald Reagan, in 1980. He offered the American people a choice behind between what was then called detente, a fancy French word for engagement, which is what they call it now, or appeasement, for that matter. And the American people bought it. They overwhelmingly gave Ronald Reagan the mandate for a course correction vis-a-vis -vis that time's existential threat to freedom, the Soviet Union. He put into place a strategy for dealing with the Soviets that would involve not just engaging or even containing them, but rolling them back, ultimately defeating them. He drew, by the way, on the inputs from a great group which inspired ours called the Committee on the Present Danger. He hired many of them to work for him. I worked with a lot of them over the years. And by God, and with his help, we destroyed the Soviet Union without firing a shot. That must be our purpose with respect to the Chinese Communist Party, liberating the people of China, with obviously their help most especially, but protecting ours by so doing as well. Fantastic. No, I, I, Frank, this is great work. And again, I hope everyone checks this out. So important that we understand exactly what's going on. So Frank, God bless you and your journey. Keep fighting. We you need too. you to do that. So thank you. I will. And thanks for, for all your help with it. God bless you. All right, well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. And don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting FIRST RIGHT to 30161. That's FIRST RIGHT, all caps, one word, to 30161.